Welcome to a new part of the Formnext special Interface Matters podcast. Uh, we are live at Formnext 2022 in Frankfurt, Germany. We are looking at surfaces, engineering and culture. My name is Matt and today we are joined by John Mitchell-Smith from TextureJet. Hi, John. Hello. So tell us a bit about yourself. What do you do? Why are you here? Uh, so I'm CEO of TextureJet. Uh, TextureJet designs and develops surface texturing and targeted finishing technologies. Um, this is our first adventure to form next. Uh, not been before. Not even been as a as a as a uh, passerby. Um, so yeah, it's been really exciting. It's uh, a new avenue for us to explore the kind of uh, targeted finishing of AM components. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been really good. Okay, so that leads me perfect into my actual first question. <laughs> it's a bit unfair because obviously you've just now essentially admitted it's your first time at Formlex. Yeah. And my question would be, how do you think uh, this this show has been different from the previous shows? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make it slightly different. Um, how do you think the market has changed or will change if you were to consider what you guys offer versus the let's say existing AM industry because obviously you're a relative newcomer how how do you how do you think it will change or has changed in the past um, yeah so yeah we're a newcomer to the AM industry we've worked a lot in kind of uh, processing of cast components that type of uh, that type of area so it's it's very similar although you know there's a much bigger variety of materials you find in AM because obviously you can almost to have designer materials so you know really high hardness and things like that and that's plays into TextureJet's kind of capabilities because we um, the technology itself it, it doesn't it doesn't affect us what sort of hardness or toughness or anything else the materials display um, you know we can machine we can finish kind of any of these really high-end materials and that that allows a whole new avenue for AM because you know they can make the materials but then what do they do after it you know if a part takes uh, let's say 10 hours to print but then takes 10 days to finish that that's a problem and suddenly you're losing all the benefits that you've gained of using AM in the first place so you know the fact that we can finish these parts we can get that finishing time you know comparable to what it should be so it's now cost effective to use kind of really high-end materials which then gets you you know a lot of performance benefits of these components yeah so so essentially you're trying to push and re-push and rejig the whole business model discussion we keep having at the stand time and again <laughs> is is a new application worth doing an am is it not and obviously it's not just the printing the building the, the the design that comes beforehand it's to think about the whole value chain it's to think what comes after the post-processing I think is a critical factor obviously <laughs> yeah yeah it's people you know just taking um, you know high-end material um, uh, as an example it's it's people look at it oh great great material you know okay we can print in it yeah it's great so we look at that yeah, yeah we'll use that and and then they go oh but but we need to put a really you know <laughs> a really tight tolerance interface on one tip yeah that, that that's going to take days <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's fallen apart so they just haven't considered it from the front end you know yep. and the trouble is then it becomes really expensive to then run around at that point and figure out how they're doing something and then that what 
tends to lead to kind of um, these band-aid solutions whereby they're using things that have been done in the past and they're not really applicable to AM components you know the, the joy of AM is that you've got a design freedom it gives designers a whole new ability to do different things um, so but then you're using a, a finishing technology that is not designed in the same way you know it, it's probably quite you know been around a while and it's designed for flat planar you know uh, features uh, suddenly it's trying to deal with things with tight internal curves and things and it just doesn't work and so then you end up with a, a kind of half finished part it's not really what you wanted to achieve in the first place so you need a technology that's kind of it's much more flexible and gives the original designer who had this original maximized design um, you know really optimized design um, and it allows them to continue with that optimized design it doesn't have to be uh, kind of sacrificed for the methods that are then used you know you've got the manufacturing method that's great you know build it in AM um, but then you just need the finishing method that's as flexible as the manufacturing method um, and you know it, it's it's as we keep saying the right tool for the job you know you yeah, know exactly. one thing isn't all ours is very targeted it's designed as you know hitting small uh, small areas with specific high tolerance finishes um, you know getting into the nooks and crannies if you like um, so yeah it's um, it's important to consider the whole thing you need to look at all your processes that are required all the way through the AM industry keeps referring to the uh, whole design stage as design for AM, but really it should be design for AM and post-processing. Yeah, it's all part of the same chain. You know, your designer has a set of tools. Um, yeah. You know, it's come along. You had, you know, CAD has evolved massively, so you're able to do way more things within the whole design end. Um, but then it gets muted at every stage as you go through the processing chain. Okay, we've got a, a manufacturing method that means you can only design this sort of thing. You've then got a post-processing method that means you can only design this sort of thing. And suddenly the designer's got this really limited toolbox, you know, and, and it's giving them the capability to deliver something that's, you know, truly optimised. You know, at the minute it's just, you know, sacrifice after sacrifice of... Yep. reining it in all the time so you know give them the flexibility give them the extra options that they crave for cool cool yeah I mean I definitely agree with with that assessment uh, that's why we're in the in the same industry in that sense and focusing <laughs> on very similar topics um, but I mean that really elegantly brings me to my next question for you um, so you're highlighting the current discrepancies how do you think those topics will be tackled in the future considering we have a bit of an economic up uh, topic uh, upstirring and, yeah. and is is that going to hinder that development or do you think it's going more in the direction the technology or the requirements of those technologies are really going to be the deciding factor in, in developing and, and implementing these novel and new uh, technologies for surface modification yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, you know, it's a necessity thing at the minute. It's um, cost, cost is always the driving factor, you know, it's got to be cost effective. Um, and that just becomes even more so now, you know, people still need things, you know, there's still products available. Uh, you've just got to have a, a cleverer way of making them. And, you know, again, this, I guess, with AM and with kind of our technology is, is you're able to, 
almost roll it in, roll it out. It, it, it's you're able to, you know, you can print one component and you can completely change the component and print another one in the same machine. And it's the same with ours. You know, you can finish one, then you can finish another. It doesn't have to be. We're not set to the component. We're not controlled by that on the even on a production line. Um, so you need that kind of flexibility, the mass customization. You know, yep. you've got to be able to do that. Um, and people, you know, the consumer is more demanding than ever. More demanding about where the product comes from, what the product does, but where it comes from, you know, how sustainability is it. They're a lot cleverer than, you know, they have been a lot more informed than they ever have been in the past. So they demand more, and, and rightly so. You know, it, there's, uh, you can't get away with hiding certain elements of your process chain anymore because it becomes very obvious. Yeah, it's it's the whole industry 4.0 push to, yeah. to more transparency, to understanding yeah, where where a part has been and where it's going and, and yeah, wh what, what it underwent and everything. Yeah, where, you know, where's it come from, where's it gone to, you know, what process has been involved, you know, and it, it's that whole sustainable angle um, that, you know, should be you know people are now aware they're way more aware than they ever have been and that, that's a good thing and it, again that's something that drives innovation and all these things yep. drive 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 innovation you know it's it's necessity and that's that's it and and to add to that i mean you, you have uh, not only economic drivers but you also have legis legislative drivers as well where certain types of let's say dangerous materials in a manufacturing environment yep. are being banned for health and safety purposes or reasons for, for sustainability reasons for, uh, well, <laughs> the greater good where it has to have some government input into, into what's allowed or not. The EU has very strict rules on uh, electrochemical baths and galvanizing baths and, and chemicals in there. So how, how do you think that will influence obviously you're in a very similar fact uh, well environment yeah yeah it, it's i mean for us it's great because you know we're extremely sustainable all of that all, you know we have uh, we one of our key factors is we minimize waste streams because it's a closed system that we use within texturejet um, we also only use you know saline solutions they're all salt water salt based solutions so you know they're very friendly on the environment ph neutral you know so that plays into our hands when it's been driven by government um, that you know certain chemicals are difficult to maintain on site. You know yep. they're still allowed, but the um, it's very uh, costly to in order to actually hold these chemicals, um, let alone use them or use them in uh, operations, working operations. So um, yeah, it plays into our hands, um, and I think that'll be the way. You know, innovation's going to come from a green angle that you just can't do these things it's too difficult to use these chemicals it costs you know companies a lot of money to just carry out the sort of safety factors that are needed to hold yep. some of these chemicals you know training and operators and why should operators be you know put in the way of uh, you know dangerous chemicals or, or whatever it may be dangerous process um you know the, the world needs to change it needs to be a better place and so you know we better get on with it. <laughs> exactly, it's 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 your input into making that happen. Yeah, definitely. Okay, awesome. Um, last question already. <laughs> Time flies. Um, what was the biggest challenge that TextureJet faced this year, and how did you overcome it? 
Oh, as a startup, every day is a challenge. Uh, <laughs> no, it's well, to some extent, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, for us, uh, one of the biggest challenges is obviously we're we're kind of we're a disruptive technology. So uh, you know, we're, we're looking to move into processes that have been long occupied by uh, processes that have been around for you know anything up to probably a hundred years. Some of them, even to you know the point of manual finishing with a you know a, a person with a rag rubbing it really fast over a surface you know <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's um, so that disruptive nature makes it a it, it's a good thing because people you know stand up and they you know they oh what's this they see the innovation but then you've got to convince large companies to kind of uh, adopt these technologies and that that's a long progress you know that's a long program um, you know you, you've you've got to be willing to um, you've got to be willing to build confidence with these companies and they are large companies you know they work at different pace to a, a small you know SME um, and you've got to understand that um, and you've got to make it easy for them you know you've, you've got to um, uh, you know show them the advantages show them where they can gain you know you've got to do the whole the cost benefit analysis you've got to do all the you know the the environmental analysis and show them where they're going to gain and you know and it it takes time but you know you can if your product's good you'll win them over that that that's our challenge is just getting through those doors that's the, that's the barrier of any SME into an industry yeah. especially an innovative SME is you know we've got innovation you know, you need to believe us, it's innovative. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I guess the analogy there would be a speedboat, which is the SME uh, or the startup, and, and you have a big uh, nuclear tanker uh, trying to turn a direction. Obviously, yeah. uh, there is more stability in their track yeah, yeah. On, on the bigger front, and the speedboat can just kind of Whip around. <laughs> Whip around and change <laughs> yeah. change direction from time to time, which is just yeah, as yeah. important. To adapt to the big boat exactly. as well, you know, if, yeah. if they've got a calling, you know, they're driven by their customers, um, you know, they're, they're adapting to what their customers want and you need to be willing to adapt to that. That's that's how it works. Awesome. Well, thank you for your insight, John. That was no very interesting, definitely. <laughs> um, I would say as a final thought, it's a great show. Yep. What do you think? Yeah, it's been really good. Like, like I say, first time here, I think it's been really good, really busy, uh, really positive. The technology's been received really, really well. So, yeah, awesome. we've, we've, we've really enjoyed it. Still one day to go, but it's been really good so far. <laughs> we'll sleep afterwards, not now. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no yeah. sleep. <laughs> awesome. Thanks a lot. Did you enjoy this episode of Interface Matters? Then don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. If you have any feedback, ideas, or topics for Interface Matters, send us an email at interfacematters at surfineers.com or click the link in the show notes below. Interface Matters is powered by the Surfineers.